do in this life and do not only for myself, but for um, all of the women that I'm here to serve is that I am here to heal. I'm here to love hard. I'm here to write with all the words, as my booth Amira would say. I am here to to not just love for myself, but to really be an example of love. And I'm here to incarnate the divine feminine. And what that means is that I'm here to channel all of the four mothers that come before me, all of the what the women that walk with me. And I'm here to channel that so that I can be a guide for you. And what that means in being a guide for you is that it means that I do all the ugly, messy work that a lot of us are afraid of. I fail. I tell the truth. I have bumps and hurdles along the way, but I'm really here to be a different kind of leader. I'm not here to be um, the kind of leader that has it all perfectly figured out and has all of the Ivy League degrees. And I do have those, not only mentioning those because I'm paying that debt. I'm not here to be perfect. I'm not here to tell you the right way to do things. What I'm really here to help you do is to really stand up in your own femininity. And I don't mean girliness. I mean femininity. That means channeling the goddess that all of us are called to listen to and, and channel channeling the pantheon of spirits that are here to guide us and helping you to stand up in that leadership. Because what we've already experienced is that we can't keep doing shit the same way. We can't keep doing shit the same way and thinking that respectability politics and thinking that doing things by the book and trying to do what everybody else told us to do is going to work. So before I give you that message, let me tell y'all kind of what I have on. So I see some messages going on and saying like, you know, what am I rocking right here? Because even though I'm super comfortable with my mimosa and with my expensive um, EOS lip gloss, um, for y'all that just joined, y'all didn't hear me say that my babe makes fun of me and all my expensive lip gloss because hers is like 50, 50 cent. But I'm like, it's what I like. But um, what I have on, and it kind of was serendipitously, I just threw my hair up in a quick little um, puff because I had to be presentable. But what I realized when I was throwing up in this rag is that um, this is a piece of a cloth from the dress that I wore when I was initiated into womanhood when I was 12 years old. I had the privilege of being from a neighborhood and from a community that really just, um, just taught us and embraced us in all of our Africanness and all of our heritage and all of our roots. And part of that was um, a multi-year process of being initiated into womanhood. And so we had a year-long rites of passage. And part of it was when we finally got um, EPA all day, I rep from my coast. Um, and when we crossed over into womanhood, we had a ceremony where the elders welcomed us back into our community. And we had to have, we wore an African-inspired dress. Um, um, and we had to do all kinds of different um, trials to be accepted into womanhood. And so this is actually a remnant of that dress when I was 12 years old. Black lives matter because, um, yes, all lives matter, but we know in this world, we know in this time and in this place, black lives are not valued in the same way as other lives are valued. And I'm a black woman. And so I'm always going to speak from my experience as a black woman. And I'm particularly called to heal black women because that is my experience. And that's what I know, and that's who I am gifted to provide for. So Black Lives Matter. That is it. So, so I don't even need to give any kind of disclaimer and any kind of apologies. The reality is, is that if you're, if you're offended by the idea that Black Lives Matter and that I'm here for Black women, then, um, you're going to excuse yourself anyway. And I love you and I send you with grace. I send you with God, but we about to get real here tonight. Around my neck, I have Sodalite. 
and Sodalite, I'm going to let my other sisters in here give you all of um, the, the, especially Nadia. Nadia, I expect you to fully type in the comments what Sodalite is here for. But basically, it's a crystal that for me is my um, all empowering crystal. It has many properties of power and of calmness and of wisdom and of femininity. And so I wear it um, almost every single day because it's near and dear to my heart, literally, not only because I want to be reminded of the properties of Sodalite, but I wear it also because it, it, it imparts into my skin. It becomes part of my vibration, becomes part of, part of my frequency, and it's part of my superpowers of what I do um, of what I do and how I navigate through this life. And then finally, no, I have a few other things. I have on my color purple shirt. My childhood um, best friend got this for me for my birthday because that used to be my favorite book and favorite movie. That's a whole nother video for another time. Around my wrist, I have um, Lotus. I have a Lotus charm. And Lotuses, if you don't know anything about Lotuses, is that they are born from impurity. Lotuses have to be, have to come from the mud in order to thrive. And wearing a Lotus is important to me for all kinds of reasons. Not only does it represent my own journey and how I've come from what some would consider the mud in order to get to where I am, but also it represents my spiritual transformation um, when I really began to move away from identifying as Christian exclusively. And then finally, I have just something from my baby, from my daughter. She got me this um, bracelet on her recent travels to China. So um, I was so thankful that she thought about me when she was over there for Thanksgiving and she brought her mama back um, a, a treat. Yes, I'm trying to be like my child when I grow up because I haven't been to China and I want to be able to be like, yes, and last week when I was in China, but that's um, for another story another time. So that's a little bit about what I have on. So what we're here to talk about tonight. So let's just jump into the topic at hand. I'm really excited that 2018 is coming. And of course, this is the time where everyone is talking about New Year's resolution and their vision for the year and their words of the year. And we're making all these commitments and we're you know choosing all these diets. And we're all talking about how 2018 is going to be different because it's January and it's New Year and we can leave 2017 in the past. But I want to... Um, because especially there might be some folks on here that don't know a lot about what's going on cosmically. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I am not a, a, a astrologist. I am not someone that's super well versed in the ways of the cosmos. But what I am is a channeler of spirit. And so what that means is that I have direct connection to God and to our pantheon. When I talk about the pantheon, I'm talking about not just God the supreme, but I'm also talking about the angels and I'm talking about the spirits. I'm talking about our ancestors and not just the ancestors of people who have gone before us, but the spirits of the unborn. I have direct access to our angels and to the Orishas and to all of the spiritual realm that speak directly to me. I'm not unique in that in that way, but it is something that I am now um, admitting out loud to people publicly. And part of my practice is that I do sit and I listen and I'm able to, um, I've been blessed to be able to have the gift of, of vision. So there are lots of times and there's many ways in my life when I've been able to kind of see things before they happen and also have that really clear voice that speaks to me and can give me messages directly. And so if you've been on my pages in the last couple of weeks, you've been seeing me share a lot of those messages that have come to me. And what I know is that the messages are not just for me, but they're here for me to share with the world. And one of the things that's becoming increasingly clear to me is that we are in a time of a paradigm shift. 
What that means is that we we're coming into an era or we've been part of an era where there's certain rules for how life goes. There's certain rules for how men behave and how women behave. There's certain rules about how um, different socioeconomic groups interact. There's different rules for kind of like how life is. Um, We know that there's been certain people in the top and certain people in the bottom, certain people that have power and certain people that don't have power. And it's not always as neat and clean as black and white and male and female, but but um, we know that there's all this talk about about privilege and there's just a lot of energy going on, um, especially over the last, um, I would say, 70 years. And I'm only saying that because that's my immediate generation and the generation before me. And what I now know and what is becoming increasingly clear to me is that all of that shit is about to end. Simply put, it's actually already begun and it began in around, I would say, around 2016. And the way that you can tell that the world as we know it is changing and some folks, especially Christian folks, will say the end times. And in the way it is the end times, because the old is dying, is there's the law of duality. And the law of duality says that that two opposing forces are always in operation at the same time. So we've been seeing a lot of um, the negative. We've been seeing this abundance of cop killings, for example. And I would be venture to say that we haven't seen, um, there hasn't been a complete resurgence of it as much as there's more um, attention on it, there's more focus on it, there's more awareness about it. So that's been going on for the last several years. We've also been seeing politics completely just seem like it's disintegrating. We've been seeing um, men and women at odds and not just at odds with each other because of, you know, the ancient ways of, you know, dealing with power, but the idea of what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man is really shifting and shifting both in terms of, um, we see a, a resurgence of like transgender and people really coming to bring it to light. Like what is, are we really living in this binary world where things are black and white and male and female and man and woman? And we're seeing that there's a whole much, so much grayness in between. And the reason why I believe that all of these things are going on is because there is, it's a signal that the opposite is there. So when we see this abundance of negativity, it's because there's um, also the presence of all the positivity. And that's really what's going on in the dirt. And that's what's going on in the soil. And that's what's going on and it's getting ready to birth up. And so the reason why we're seeing all of this negativity is because the positivity is right there beneath the surface. And um, there's a few things that we can't do when all of this is going on. So the first thing that we can't do is be afraid. We can't be afraid and think that, you know, oh, the world is ending. So therefore we need to, you know, start to be, you know, gloom and doom and be negative and depressed and upset because it's really easy to fall into that trap. I actually went on a um, on a media fast where I don't really watch the news anymore. And if you know anything about me, you would know that I wake up to the news, I scroll, I read, doesn't matter if it's international or national, if it's, you know, regional or whatever it is, I'm constantly consuming information just because it's what I do and it's what I love. But I had to stop because I realized it was really shifting something within me. And it was shifting a lot of paranoia and stress and anxiety. And as someone that has um, anxiety issues, I couldn't keep subjecting myself to it. And I had to ask myself, really, is what is this information for? Is it to gain information or is it to feed the fear? So that's the first thing that I had to um, that I came to realize and that I'm sharing with you about how to how to really start to see what's going on. The second thing is that um, and this is really the biggest point of it is that I couldn't conduct myself with business as usual. Um, When I first started uh, monetizing my work and 
I've been doing this kind of work for a really long time. I would even venture to say that I've been a leader and been a leader for women in particular since I was um, formerly since I was, oh, goodness, 14 years old was the first time that I formed a group of women, of black women in particular, and um, was a formal leader. Before then, I had done like student council and, and, and things like that. But when I got to high school is when or it was an eighth grade. I can't remember which one, but whichever one it was, it was um, either eighth or ninth grade where I formed a group for black women. I have some of my black sisters from that group on this on this um, video right now. And what we were charged to do and what I, what my charge was to lead women at that time was to and we were young girls. But we knew that fuck this. We were not going to do it the same way that everybody told us we were going to do it. As a matter of fact, I went to this Lily White school, y'all. When I say Lily White, I mean um, Steve Jobs' daughters went there. Packards from Hewlett Packard went there. Diplomats' children went there. And here I was, this black girl from the hood whose parents were on drugs, whose lights were constantly turned off, but grew up in a true village-type situation, Um and on our club day where all the clubs are going to say, we're having Glee Club and we're going to invite you to sign up for Glee Club today after school. And we are going to be doing community service and candy stripers. My ass got up on that stage black as hell. I probably had on my Queen Latifah um hat. Y'all remember that hat from the 90s? And I definitely had on my Raiders gear, my Raiders starter jacket, and I crashed the stage and was like, um, we're starting a club for black people. Um, and I went to all-girls school. Dude, did I mention that too? And was like, yeah, you can only join if you're black. Meet me outside if you're interested. Like, that's how I rolled from from the jump. And I started my school's first African-American student union. So what that taught me and what things have come up in my life was around the fact that we can't do business as usual. And I'm saying this to y'all in particular because I have a few different types of women here. I have some entrepreneurial women here. I have some women that are here in corporate. I have some women that are trying to navigate their relationships. And one of the things that I learned, um, and sometimes we have to have trials and tribulations as our best teacher, is that we can't keep doing what everybody else tells us we need to be doing. When I first started monetizing, and that was my story that I was going with, um, I had coaches, and there were several, it wasn't just one in particular, telling me how I needed to show up. Don't curse, they said. Um, have your pictures and everything done a certain way, they said. Don't talk about your child, they said. Sell your sell your product this way and launch your product this way. And as a matter of fact, this needs to be your product. And you can't talk about these things because you're going to isolate people. In order to be a woman, a mother, a wife, a daughter, a principal, or whatever it is, do things in this kind of way. And I tried. I tried to follow all of the rules. And as much as as much as a rebel as I am, I am also um, a rule follower in the way because that's really what I had to. Um, that's really what I believed on one hand that I needed to do to succeed. I really did believe in the work twice as hard to get um, half as much. And I believed that I needed to play the game in order to get ahead. And that playing that game meant not only looking a certain way, but going to all the right schools and doing the right kinds of jobs and having the right types of things things that were, I thought were going to give me success, success, meaning whatever it is, and even to the point where, um, 
I really believed in this notion that even though I was a lesbian, that being um, successful meant having the wife and the kids and the house and the bank account and the six figures and the vacations and the cars and all of this bullshit. And I'm saying it's bullshit because at the end of the day, even when I had all of that, it didn't bring me happiness. If anything, it drove me deeper into depression and to despair because I really believed that I needed to... Um, to do those things, to be happy. And when I didn't have happiness and I didn't have joy in the other side, instead of saying, this is a bullshit paradigm, I was instead looking at myself saying, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Type one, if you are one of those persons that at any point you felt like things working out or things not working out was because there was something wrong with you. And I'll wait as I take a sip. So the question was, have you ever thought things not working out was because there was something wrong with you? And I look at this, I see S, um, S. DeVoe, y'all. She was there that day when I was like, fuck all of this. Black folks meet me outside. So Nadia, Kamaria, Kamaria, I'm sorry, y'all, if I'm um, jacking up your names. Famira, all of you guys have through that experience. Callie, you thought that things not working out was because there was something inherently wrong with you. I believed it too. I believed it so much that as I realized that things were not right with me, I worked really, really hard to suppress all of the things that were truly me in order to become more of what I thought I was supposed to be. What that even meant was, um, and it's so funny as I see some of y'all are new to me and some of you guys have known me since I was literally knee high. I mean, I'm only 4'11 now, so ain't that much difference, but y'all been knowing me since back in the day. But there was even a period that when I moved back to Dallas the second time in 20. 13, I was going to church. I joined a major church here in the um, in the area. I was in a relationship at that time, although brief, that um, the person who I was with was very much um, into on the woman. And I mean, I was the woman and she was the man and I needed to behave a certain way at home. I really believe that um, I was supposed to replicate all of the things that I was that I was told was important. And I dug my heels even deeper in to trying to be all of those things. And for a while it worked. And that's that's the trick with all of this bullshit is that for a while it works and it gives you this carrot to make you think that um because it's working in a little bit that if I just keep going and keep going and keep going, I'm gonna actually be happy somewhere down the road. And I I'm, I'm hesitating, I'm hearing myself hesitate. And I can see all of my spirits calling me out for hesitating. And what I'm hesitating about is really telling the whole story about my relationship. That's a whole other video for another time. And honestly, that's a place where, because I told y'all I'm still imperfect, is that that's a place of healing for me. Not the relationship itself, but being able to tell the truth about what was really going on in my marriage and in my relationship. But what I will say and what I can say for right now is I even thought that me getting back with my ex um, was a sign that I was doing the right things and that I was finally being rewarded. I finally had the things and um, it still wasn't working. It still was not working. I worked so hard to make it work. And on one hand, I had a lot of success. And on the other hand, there was still a lot of things that just simply weren't working. My health was still really bad, um, but in a lot more subtle ways than I had seen before. So while I wasn't having repeat miscarriages, I um, was wearing wrist brace because I, my carpal tunnel was so bad. Um, and 
I was in physical therapy and just, you know, my body was truly falling apart and I was on all these medications and I was like, this shit is not like, I, at that time I was 37, 38. And I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be on all these medications and, um, at this age. So that was one thing that was going on. My relationship, I was not fulfilled in. I was not happy, but I was thinking that if I keep trying, if I keep changing who I am, if I keep, if I stop being all of these things, then maybe there's going to be that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And it never happened either. It didn't happen. In fact, my ex left me, like straight up left me. And I was really devastated. I was devastated because that wasn't how the story was supposed to go. And what I realized now was that um, things have to come out of your life in order for you to be able to go to the next level. And you can't keep holding on to yesterday thinking that that's going to prepare you for tomorrow. And that means that you have to surrender. And what, what surrendering means is literally you know, riding the wave, riding the wave without micromanaging where the wave is going to take you, without micromanaging the process, without trying to be um, holding on and holding back from feeling all the feelings. And what I learned through that process was that when I rode that wave and I surrendered, and what I surrendered into wasn't happiness and joy, what I surrendered to was grief. And Surrendering to grief also brought a whole level of awareness about my body and about my powers and about my spiritual gifts. And what it's allowed me to realize was that none of the old shit is going to take me into 2018. I can't keep doing the same things and think I'm going to get a different result. I can't keep trying to play the... um the dutiful businesswoman that launches a program in a certain kind of way and selling this kind of product in that kind of way and coming on live at a perfect schedule on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday at seven o'clock. Like that's not me and me trying to fit into this box of what I think I'm supposed to be is actually denying myself the pleasure of my own company and the pleasure of my own existence and the pleasure of my own being and the pleasure of my own gifts. And so I'm sharing this with you guys today because I have a feeling that if you're here, then there's been ways that you've tried to really hide yourself and hinder yourself and put yourself into a box because you thought that if you did that, then you might get some, get some joy or get some happiness in return. Give me a two. If that's you, if you felt like if I just do things the right way, if I give that person a little bit more, if I do that thing, if I stay in that job, if I stay in this situation, if I hold back, if I be quiet, if I put myself here and not think too much, not breathe too much, and I need too much, then maybe I'll be rewarded back with what I need and who I need to be, and I will be feeling better about myself. Is that anybody else here? So... Here's what I also know. So thank you guys, because I see people here. This is really resonating with people saying, fuck the box, people saying, lead with your heart. And all it does, um, as you're absolutely right, it denies us the power of our own truth. It's not easy to admit that um, this is what we've been doing. And a lot of times, and I'm going to speak for me, I mean, maybe it ain't you, but I'm going to speak for me. A lot of times we became so adept at hiding who we were that we started to believe in that shadow person, as Callie said. We started to believe in the representative that we put up, and we didn't really know that we were more than what that is because we were doing it for so long that that truly became who we thought we were. And it only became when life really kicks you in the ass and removes everything that you thought was important to you and everything that was um, that you were feeling good about and feeling prideful about that really was about your ego. Then you start to realize, shit, when all of that falls, who is left? 
Who's left? And what's there? One of my favorite parts about Lemonade, because I'm going to talk about one of my superpowers so I can fit Beyonce into every conversation. And if you're part of my beehive, then you know that this is the reality. But here's one of the beautiful things about the um, Lemonade film. If you haven't seen it, why are we friends if you haven't seen it? Can we just talk about that for a minute? Like, I don't even understand what's wrong with your life if you haven't seen Lemonade. Like, actually, that's rule number one. Like, to be my friend and to rock with me. Y'all think I'm playing, but like, for real, this is part of my dating process and my screening process. Like, you can't be in my life if you're not. You don't have to be a, be, you don't have to be a beehive person, but you can't not Beyonce. Anyway. While I'm off my rant. Um, one of the most beautiful parts about Lemonade was there were three scenes in particular that stand out to me that fits into this conversation. There was the part where Beyonce was talking about in the, she was actually using, um, I'm a jack of the pronunciation. This is what happens when you read too much and you actually never speak out loud that you don't know how to pronounce people's names. But Warson Shire. I know somebody's going to come in and correct me, but she was using her poetry in part of the film. And um, there's a part where she talks about when she thought that if she just became all of these things that her husband wouldn't cheat on her. If she was if she slept on the floor, if she was too, if she was quiet and if she prayed and if she did, if she gave um, honor to the gods and she did all of these things that all of a sudden maybe her husband would love her enough. And we've all been there. And then there's the next scene where she climbs to the top of the building and she plunges. She just free falls over the edge of the building. And what's beautiful about that is not that it's suicide because that's what, in a way it was, but what you see is that she then, as she dies, she goes into the water. And if you are a literary person, you know that water is always a symbol of rebirth. It's always a symbol of birth. It's always a symbol of cleansing. And when she comes out of the water, She's coming through as Oshun. She's coming through in the yellow. She's coming through completely integrated into her femininity, into her divinity, into her roots, into who she is as a black woman, who she is as, as a spiritual black woman. And she emerges and comes out as her full self. And I feel like 2017 is what all of us were. All of us were at the, on 2016, we were chill, still trying to be perfect. We were still trying to hold on. We were still trying to fit in. We were still trying to do the same things that everybody told us to do. And 2017 for a lot of us was the plunge. 2017 where's the holy fuck, what the fuck is going on? This isn't working. She isn't working. He isn't working. The degrees don't mean shit. The job is not giving me satisfaction. Even if I love my job and even if I'm giving me getting all the money, I'm still ultimately unhappy and everything in life as I knew it is not working. And 2017 is the plunge. And so 2018 is our emergence. And this is what I'm here to help guide you through, help you guide into um integrating yourself with your calling, integrating who you are. When I say self, I don't mean self with the little S. I mean self with the capital S. I mean who you are as a woman, who are, who you are in this particular place in time, because who you are is not an accident. You living in this world is not an accident. You living in the world at this time is not an accident. And you living in this world with all of the shit that did not work, but with all of the secrets of who you are underneath those are not accidents. And I'm just really excited to be able to share more of my journey and share with you guys what's worked for me and to take my sisters along. Because as I said in one of my recent posts, we're not meant to do this work alone. We're not meant to be in this world alone. We're not meant to... Um, 
be on this journey by ourselves. We're meant to do it in the community of our sisterhood. We're meant to do this in the sanctuary of our sisterhood. And we're meant to learn from each other and to teach each other because what's coming next in 2019, so 2018 is this year of building, but building not from picking up the broken pieces, but building from the reinvention. So 2018 is the reinvention that 2019, I really believe, is going to be the full manifestation of, of who we are reinventing ourselves to be. And what it's going to call is for us to do this collectively. This is not the time of um, by myself and doing it on my own, but it's almost like, okay, I'm throwing way back to my um, childhood because y'all know I'm almost 40 and I'm proud as fuck about being almost 40. Um, is remember Transformers and when he, the, the ultimate Transformer, y'all help me out in the comments and they would all come together and they would form this like Megatron. That's basically what we're all here to do as women. Am I getting it right? I will fuck up a euphemism. Like I will pretend I would just say that shit strong and wrong. And y'all would just nod with me and go back and Google. Bitch, that ain't no Megatron. You getting all wrong. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not too proud to be wrong. Um, but we're here to do this collectively. We're here to do this because each of us are bringing a particular power and a particular experience and a particular truth into this so that as we grow collectively, this is how we are going to also grow collectively to change the paradigm of this world. And so if I leave you with nothing else, I leave you with don't be don't be afraid about what's going on. It's going to still get rough and it's really going to be fucked up, but we will not go to Handmaid's Tale if you've seen the Hulu show. But what this time is really here to do is to shake us up and to realize, one, that we can't be sitting back and just expecting that if we don't do the work, then the world will take care of itself because that's simply not true. That's the first thing that this is here to show us. The second thing that it's here to show us is that... Um, we can't be comfortable in the old ways also that the old ways are expiring and they're dead. And this is also here to show us that those things that we were looking to validate us were all external. They were external and they were the things that were validating to us because somebody else told us that was important. Somebody else told us that when you get X, Y, Z, then you will be valuable. When you get X, Y, and Z, or when you do X, Y, and Z, then you are enough. And when you show up this way and that way, then you are worthy. That's some other bullshit message that somebody else told us. And maybe no one told you that directly, but this is what's been um, mirrored back to us. But here's another thing. I forgot to tell you this part. This is the other truth that I learned in 2017. Yes, Callie, you need to go back and watch Lemonade. Um, I'm going to tell y'all some other truth about these folks that are telling you all this stuff. Y'all ready? Okay. Thank you, Jason. I knew you can come through with Voltron. I knew it was something. I knew I was getting it wrong, though. But here's another 80s throwback. Remember when She-Ra and He-Man and he -Man got together and they touched their swords together and they made that big old light? That's kind of like what we're doing. Y'all with me, y'all with me. Okay, so... Um, Here's the other thing. I'm going to tell y'all something and, and pull back the, um, the, the curtain of Oz. Something else that 2017 taught me is that all those people that were telling me how to do it, why to do it, the way to do it, they were all full of shit. They were all full of shit. 
All of them were full of shit. Let me tell you why they were full of shit. Not just because of what I realized and how I was applying it to my life. But once I got to know those people and see beyond the facade, the Instagram stories and all of this shit that they were trying to perpetrate to be, I realized they're nothing but flawed people. They're holding on to their image, holding on to their things, holding on to their houses, holding on to their fake relationships and their fake families and their fake possessions because they were trying to feel better about themselves, too. They were just as fake as whatever that shit is that's on top of 45's head. And it made me realize that all of these people who we that we put up in esteem were nothing but flawed people also. And at first it was really devastating to me because these are people, and I'm not talking about just media figures either. I'm talking about people who were truly important in my life as well on a personal level. And I realized that the things that people do to make it seem like they have it all together is less about what they're trying to say about you, but also about the kind of stuff that they're trying to hold on so that they don't slip and so that they don't fall and so that they don't have to face who they are in the mirror when the social media is gone, when the relationship is gone, when they're found out, when their own imposter syndrome is revealed. Um, And when I realized that, it made me really start to think about like, why are we truly worried about who these people are and what, what validation they give us? And a lot of times we look at people like, um, Oh, I'm going to say some names. Let me not do that. Cause I ain't trying to get sued. Cause I ain't got money like that. Even though I do got that professional liability, but anyway, but when we look at these people who we hold in the steam that are trying to tell us the right ways to do things, we realize that they're just flawed human beings as well. And so this is also why it's really important for us to be able to step up in truth about who we are, because 2018 is about all about reinvention. So here's what I need from you guys. And I'm going to ask one of my booze to go ahead. And um, yes, I did speak speak on it. The fake love, the fake shit. Like y'all just don't even know. Like sometimes I go through social media just as just for entertainment because I'm like, bitch, I know the real story. Like, stop, 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 stop. When you get to know me, you know that, you know, you get all the real, you get the the beautiful parts and you get the broken parts. You get me telling the truth. And that's something that I will always do is tell the truth. And if there's things that I'm not ready to speak on, I'm going to say that. And there's things that I don't know. I'm going to say that as well. I'm going to refer you to the people that do know that. But what I, um, but you're going to get the real with me. And that's what we all need to be. And so because of that, what I'm offering is an opportunity for people that are ready to reinvent themselves and not reinvent themselves according to some, some script in some way that you think that you're supposed to be, but really ready to reinvent themselves, which means returning to who they are at the root and trying to figure out who were they before they had the world um, heaped upon them and who are they as a spiritual person and who are they at their core and who are they in this life and at this time and in this place. I invite you to join my list, the Queen Bee Order. It's a divine sisterhood of women who are lighting shit up. It's really simple. All you need to do to get on the list is to go to bit.ly slash QBO subscribe. And I forgot that I'm on my own computer, so I can go ahead and type that myself. Subscribe. Yes, I think that's right. Um, And if it's not right, then somebody's going to go ahead and um, 
fix it for me. But I invite you to subscribe because here are some things that are coming up in 2018 that I don't want you to miss. Of course, if you're on my mailing list, you always get um, the readings and the information and the content that I don't share on social media. So you get that. You also get advance um, notice of, and advance notice comes with, of course, advance pricing to all of my offers. But here's some other things that are coming up in 2018. And I'm saying this shit publicly because I have my sisters on here who are going to hold me accountable and they've been hearing about the stuff that's been going on in the background and I'm doing it scared, which means that it's not perfect. And it's like, oh my God. So one of the things I started doing in 2017 was live events. And so I did, um, I think I did two or three in my home last year where I did live events and they were successful. People got a lot out of them. So what's on my heart and what I'm saying publicly for public accountability is that in 2018, I want to offer my first retreat. My first retreat is going to be women like us coming together for sisterhood, coming together for fellowship, coming together for communion, and not just to be able to um, be in space and hold space and love and light with our sisters, but also for it to be a healing process and also beyond the healing because it's really easy to go to these things and heal and feel good and kumbaya for the minute. And then as soon as you leave, you go back to real life. And that's not what I want to do. What we will be doing is that we're going to be doing the actual work about how do we take what's in our heart and who we are and uncovering who we are and actually taking action on it so that we can help usher in this new paradigm of leadership, this new paradigm of what it means to be a woman and also what does it mean to be a black woman, black woman, because we are particularly and uniquely called to usher in this new paradigm. So I invite you to get on my mailing list so that you can be the first in the know. And because this is going to be my first retreat, that means the space is going to be extremely limited. And um, I'm talking about less than 10. So I want to make sure that you guys are going to be in the knowledge of that so that you can go ahead and start um, signing up when that information becomes available. So that's all that I have for you. But like I said, this is not just about Aaliyah talking in her Black Lives Matter earrings and her soda light necklace and her color purple um, shirt and her initiation scarf. This is really about our community as women and as queen bees because we are all of that. I want to hear from you one or two things. You get to pick one or two things. You can either tell me what's been the most important nugget or lesson that you took away from this conversation that we just had. So that's option number one. Or option number two is a question or topic that you want me to address in my next live video. So you can do both. But because there's some some people that feels that feel uncomfortable about one of those, I'm going to give you an option. You can either do one or two or both. So number one was what is one nugget that you got from this conversation? What's one thing you're leaving this conversation knowing or believing or pondering as a result of this conversation? Something you're taking away. Number two was, what is a question or a topic you want me to talk about next time? Maria says that what she got from this was validation that it's okay to drop the BS and be all of you, all of me. Kamari, I'm going to add on to this. Not only is it okay for you to drop the bullshit, I'm going to say it for you, and to be all of you, it's okay for you to be all of you at all times. Because what I've also found, and I'll speak for myself, was that there were certain places that I can be all of me, but then I would put on the Claire Huxtable and the Michelle Obama and other places. 
And then in places over here, I was putting on this mask. And in places over there, I was putting on this mask. And so I want to encourage you that it's okay to be be all of you at all times in all spaces. And that's going to be something else maybe I can talk about and how my recent relationship um, is really helping me to realize that for myself and realize just all the layers of the ways that I was all of me, but then all the layers of the places where I was still showing up as not all of me. Um, Natasha also said it's okay to be the you, the true to who you are. Manuela's taking away powers and the voice that speaks the truth. My nugget to light, my nugget tonight, and in my life, Larae is taking away self love is everything. Larae is all that there is. It's all that there is. I truly believe that the divine is love. Period. Period. The divine is love. And so self-love means also loving the God that's in you and the godness that's in you and the goodness that's in you, because you do that not only as a benefit to you and to your spirit, but you also do it in, in honor of God. When you love yourself, you honor God. Natasha is saying that um, the question to talk about how to get in contact with your spiritual side, I would love to do that as a next conversation. Um, and when I'm hearing you, what I'm hearing what you're not saying, and what I hear that's underneath that question is, how do you get in touch, with, in touch with your true spiritual side, not just kind of the rules and the order and the ways that we've been taught how to do the spiritual side, such as going to church and um praying a certain way. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I would be happy to talk about kind of what, what, how do you get to the core and access God for yourself? And then what that ritual and tradition was supposed to teach us that's gotten lost over the years. Jason's taking away that he's loving the bees because I'm all about that queen bee. Jason, I have to say this on a personal note that I did break open that honey whiskey um, for my birthday. It was so good. Famira's taking away confirmation of discarding the box completely. And Famira, I just had this, this like jerk right now was that that was something that you were contemplating and that you were sitting on and wrestling with. And somehow there was a question or a prayer that you have put out there about um, the box and that this was that thing that got you over that hurdle. Callie is taking away, reaffirming the purpose of the shadow, accepting all parts of Callie and shine brighter when you do things your way and fuck the cookie cutters. Like for real, like for real. 